Hi guys, today's interview is with Emma Reid, who is a freelance stylist and a creative director. She has worked um, across a whole range of fashion titles. So today we really talk about the editorial and the commercial sides of styling, um, what a day in the life of a fashion editor looks like, um, how you have to balance the creative elements with the commercial requirements of advertising brands um, and the differences in how that may be to being a stylist for runway shows or celebrity styling or personal styling. Em's got an incredible history. Um, you should check out her website. And um, she has kindly shared with us some of her experiences and advice for stylists coming up the ranks and starting in the industry, which is very, very different from, let's say, 10 years ago. I hope you enjoy. I'm so good. How are you? It's so nice to hear from you. I know. It just feels like it's been years. I was looking at your um, LinkedIn profile to try and work out when we first met. Is it when you were working at Grazia or L? Or I can't remember. It must have. I feel like it must have been Grazia, I when think. With Mon. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It would have. You know, that was like eight years ago. No. If not, Yeah. It's been it's been a while. Jeez. And yeah. You've been doing um, freelance styling, but then also sort of fashion editor um, work. I saw a bit of editorial, a bit of a bit of freelance styling over that last eight years, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. So I've kind of bouncing back in and out of different titles, and now I'm I'm full time freelance. So I've been full time freelance for just just come on two years now. And, and full-time freelance styling, is that still within an, like an, an editorial sort of advertorial space or what sort of styling do you mostly do? For the most part, it's kind of an equal mix of both. So I still do editorial just for a range of different titles now and submissions and things like that. But I guess kind of going into freelance, it does allow you to, to work on the advertising side, I think, a lot more than probably being on staff How somewhere. How work? How, how would um, a brand, um, I guess normally they would um, go through an agency or how do they find you? So, well, I'm with an agency, so I'm with DLM mm-hmm. um, in Sydney. So basically it's kind of an equal mix. I might have clients approach me and then I'll get my agent involved, but my agent also is kind of pitching me out to brands and and whatnot from from that side as well, which is kind of invaluable, really. Yeah, because that's kind of half half the work is actually just kind of getting people's eyeballs on you and and your work and what you do. So and if, I think even with your experience in um, all of, uh, you know, the top sort of local and international titles, it's been, it's hard to get those new clients, isn't it? Yeah, it can be. I guess because it's, it's much more of, of a publicised job, I guess, than, than what when I first started, I didn't, I didn't even know what a stylist was. You know, back so when you, back when I was in my early twenties, I don't think it was. It was kind of pre Rachel Zoe and mm. all of that. And I guess now people, I guess with digital and with Instagram, people are a, a lot more clued in into you know what what this role entails. So I guess within that, it's kind of I guess brought a lot of new people to the industry, which is great. But I guess there's just a, more of a breadth of people to choose from. I think than 
so than what it used to be. When you um, did you, where did you start with first? Was it a rush? Yes. So I finished my studies. I I did journalism, and then following that. Um, I initially wanted to be a music writer. I had no idea what a stylist was. I just uh, was a, you know, a big, you know, indulger of, of fashion and fashion magazines. And I'd always, always loved fashion, but, uh, through a number of internships, I, I landed at Rush and that was really kind of, I guess, where that whole industry opened up to me. And I kind of got from there, got a much more broader understanding of, of the role of a fashion editor, really. What is a fashion editor? Just in case, that for, for those of those listening that are um, currently studying um, fashion styling, um, talk to me about what a fashion editor um, does and really what the job looks like. Of course. So, uh, being a fashion editor to a freelance stylist differs in that you you are controlling, I guess, the visual of the fashion within that title. So, it's it's I guess it's having an understanding. I guess if you could look at a rush compared to a grazia mm-hmm. it's it's basically you are in charge of the visual content the brands that are represented the narrative of the main fashions i guess anything visual within a fashion context mm-hmm. it's your understand it's your role as a fashion editor to, to kind of filter that through a rush aesthetic or right. a grazia aesthetic so what is the rush girl what brands is she wearing and how am i representing the fashion to her under that context whereas grazia was was a lot more fast fashion it was about the mix it was like luxury with zara you know so it's it's kind of i guess having having a point of view and having a taste level but also understanding who your reader is and presenting fashion and trends and brands to them under under that banner essentially and, and then what um what does a day look like for a fashion editor oh. <laughs> <laughs> how much time do you have? It, look i think i think within the within a within a title or within a magazine it, it, i mean it really varies if you're shooting it could be you know, a few days of market appointments, showroom appointments where you're going into different PRs and brands and essentially kind of collating all those samples together for, you know, whatever story that you're, you're working on currently. It could be meeting with new brands and discussing, you know, um, making sure that we're kind of keeping abreast of the whole market. Uh, there's also kind of quite a large business and advertising responsibility Mm. to that role as well so it's making sure that not only are you just shooting you know the brands that your reader likes and is personally interested in perhaps but also making sure that your advertisers are taken care of your you know keeping engaged with them in terms of what's coming up for them and making sure that they're represented as well um and then from there it's 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 really the breadth of the the really creative stuff but then there's also you know the more business advertising admin side as well which I think is perhaps something that a lot of a lot of people don't see but is equally as important for sure yeah I um I was having a conversation with a whole lot of stylists that come from different areas within the styling world and the Mm -hmm. overwhelming sentiment was it's definitely not as glamorous as it's portrayed which you know oh, no <laughs> and I, I think um I think we all sort of um understand that but a couple of um 
a couple of skills that I didn't realise were really still quite important was a stylist's ability to either know how to sew or still be able to understand composition enough to alter or, you know, tailor garments for the shot. Because I'm imagining when you're, um, when you're on, a, on set for um, some sort of campaign, um, mm-hmm. if the garments aren't fitting properly, which presumably that happens all the time, um, you've, you've got to know how to fix them. Or how to exactly, or and having I guess an understanding of how how that garment should look like I guess too, but because when a designer is obviously making something on a fit model, the the model that I book for the editorial could be a completely you know, obviously it's not vastly different most of the time, but there's those little nuances where it's like perhaps the waist is too big or the sleeves are too large or things like that, so. You know how you how you see it shot front on. There might be fifteen bulldog clips in the back of that, but you would never know because yes. I've hidden them all. Um, speaking of bulldog clips, one of the stylists we were chatting with um, works a lot with runway um, clients, and she mm-hmm. said, and um, um, some of the start the junior stylists that come to help her are there with their bulldog clips, and and she's like, no. Mate, we can't have those on the runway. Um, no, 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 no. So that's yeah, you'd have to have you know. There'd be fittings involved. There'd be a seamstress there, you know, things like that. So that's a whole other level of production yeah, as well. Completely, almost absolutely different discipline, isn't it? Yeah, def- definitely. And it's interesting too, I guess now, because there would kind of, I guess, in 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 the old world of of mags, you'd kind of have stylists that were in two camps, and you would you'd either just work on magazines and do the odd, you know advertising gig here or there and then runway was is kind of a real specialty type Mm. thing you know there's some stylists that are really known for shows and primarily work on shows because it's a it's a real it's basically it's a live event when you think about it so making sure the the fashion is is you know watertight everything fits and it's a real concept and yeah, it's a, it's a very different approach. Yeah, I think. The, um, this that's what this um this stylist was saying. It is a live event, and so you have to think holistically about how the entire fashion narrative is presented, and and how that integrates with the different senses. So the music, the the set, the exactly, and down to yeah, it's like the the hair and makeup, mm. and it's you're you're really like setting a scene, I guess, because it can be quite cinematic in a way if yeah. you're really trying to tell a story with it. Um. As opposed to, I guess, an editorial where it's like you're kind of having to navigate that then through images as opposed to, yeah, I guess too for a stylist in terms of runway, it's it's a very exhilarating thing to work on because it is very, like you said, multi-sensory. It's not, you know, just 12 images that run in sequence. It's a, it's a very... I think it's a very inspiring thing to do as a stylist, definitely. So you've done some runway work with Meyer and Westfield and Vamp. Um, yes. What, um, what sort of um, what was the experience like there? It's great. I love working on shows. I don't do them too often, but for me, I think it's great when you can come in in the beginning. Like Vamp, for example, I that was when I was at Elle magazine and I styled the first Elle show as part of Vamp and that was 120 looks. Wow. So it's, it's a lot of then because you're working back with Vamp on what designers are, you, you both deem are appropriate for your title and your, and your demographic. So it's, it kind of starts there. It's collating 
collating that group then from there it's what looks you work back with the designers on what looks they they want to present and also what you want to present it's it's getting the accessories it's the casting it's the music you know we had like a singer open for us so it's kind of there's a lot of moving parts to a show I think it's 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 months of work I think it's a it's a lot more production than I think you know for 15 minutes of sitting yes <laughs> yeah which is so often the case with you know it, absolutely um yeah as you said, absolutely cinematic so if um if there was a stylist who was just graduated and she was looking to build up her experience and cut her teeth within the styling industry um what would you recommend she did some work experience um he or she whoever uh did some work experience um with runway or do you think that's just such a different um, specialty that they're better off to work out what they'd like to specialise in and go from there? You know what? I think the, the more experience, the better. And you really don't know what parts of styling are really going to light you up until you you try it. And I think for me, runway, that that information just sticks with you. So, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter how long between jobs. I still know the the groundwork of how to pull something like that together which I think is so important in styling because more often than not that skill set isn't informing even down to just like celebrity dressing and things like that and or or you know like having someone do a live appearance or the way you would approach the the fashion I, aspect of that is somewhat similar in that you know, you've got to make sure the garments look impeccable. Like, are they performing? Do you need to think about that? How are the clothes going to move? So there's, I think for someone who's graduating, you know, it could be a matter of even, you know, assisting at at a fashion week or Mm -hmm. a vamp if you're based in Melbourne or working on the, you know, volunteering on the David Jones show as a dresser or things like that. I guess just having your eyeballs in around that experience is, is always going to be beneficial, I think. So you, when you were at uh, Rush and then Grazia um, and then Elle and Cosmo, did, did you sort mm. of observe, um, uh, uh, I guess, a shift or a change in the, what the role of fashion editor provided um, or the, the, the aesthetic or um, the transition, I guess, from Rush before social media was massive to to now absolutely yeah definitely I think it's more to it's the the way people shop is has changed vastly I mean even down to when I was at Rush it was still we were still working to those you know six monthly drops Mm. with with retailers and things like that so you had time I feel like it was just in a sense it was slightly more considered in a sense that you really had to whittle down what the most important trends were for your reader and zone in on them. Whereas I think, I guess the blessing and the curse of digital and Instagram is that everyone sees everything. So you're kind of then and the pace as well has really picked up. So it's not, it's not just shooting your pages for the magazine and that's all you contribute. I think now, fashion editors and I've noticed in my later roles are having to step in across the Instagram, Mm. the social, Mm. and just, I guess, having more of a breadth of responsibility exactly, which is, I think, to what clients are expecting as well. I mean, it's not, it's not, 
really current anymore to be a fashion editor that that just does your shoots and that's it I think the way the industry is changing is that you just you kind of have to be quite multi-skilled and just happy to jump in on like Instagram stories you know if if you have to you're doing behind the scenes of your shoot things like that Mm. so you you have to be I guess you have to personalize the role and and bring exactly front as much as the the garments in the shoot itself exactly I mean you can see that too internationally there's quite a few stylists that have have now gone on to become you know quite successful business entities within themselves Mm. just from you know I guess coming through the rise of of Instagram and then capitalizing on that and kind of making themselves their own personality within the title rather than just kind of the title itself being the forefront. But it's, I think Christine Centenera was probably like the first, you know, mm-hmm. Australian, like, um, big Australian example of that. Um, exactly. And then I'm interested to understand where, what the career trajectory is once you've become a, um, a recognisable face or brand in and of yourself, are you then only um, employed to work on big advertorial campaigns or do you also provide um, styling services direct to the consumer or are you only celebrity? What, what's, what's the usual trajectory? I think from there it's, it's down to a, a lot of it is personal choice. I mean there's certain things that I, as anyone, would prefer doing over others. Mm-hmm. I find I think it does tend to just open up perhaps from a branding or an advertising front because people not only connect with your work but also your own personal aesthetic. So then it's brands kind of wanting to buy into both worlds. Mm, and align with that aesthetic. Exactly. So it's perhaps more from like a creative consulting front, things like that. So, But I guess in terms of dressing too, it does tend to open up again perhaps publicists with celebrities that that need a bit of a refresh or you know somewhat of an overhaul they want to it's also I guess advertising your own like Christine who's done that so incredibly successfully has branded her own personal style and taste level in that public forum so then she there's like multitudes exactly there's multitudes of of you know, everyday women and then also celebrities and, you know, notable people that perhaps want to, you know, hitch themselves to that Mm. as well. Mm. So, I mean, it does definitely, you know, bear Instagram in itself, bear a lot more weight, I think, than any other like social medium I've seen kind of come through fashion in a business sense. Definitely. But I guess, I guess the difference there between, um, that trajectory and then let's say the personal styling industry is Mm. um, with Christine and with um, fashion editors, um, they are prescribing an aesthetic that they want to convey, you know, so for us it would be the aesthetic that is aligned Mm -hmm. to our brand ethos. Um, For Christine it's it's, um, a particular look that she has embodied or or defined herself, whereas Mm -hmm. styling on the side of um, styling someone else is really focused about how to um, invoke their own personal sense of style. So it's absolutely industry, isn't it? It's very different. And I think, I mean, I love styling real women and I get a real kick out of it. Do you do do that as well? 
I do do it from time to time. Not, not anyone kind of, you know, in a, in a regular sense or wardrobe overhauls or things like that, Mm -hmm. perhaps it might be an ambassador for a brand that I'm working with. That's kind of, you know, not from a celebrity background. Yeah, exactly. So, or it's, it's a very different approach in that you're not, you're not trying to be at the cutting edge of the trends. You've really got to think about, you know, how is this woman or man really, how do they live their life and how does fashion involve itself in their lifestyle and what do they want out of it and really kind of how, how can I come in and, and make them feel like they're, they're really well put together and confident and fashion is working for them rather than being this big overwhelming thing where it's like I hate shopping and I hate, you know. Yeah. And I, don't I get so confused by, about all the trends and things like that. Whereas, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a very different approach in how you would deal with that client and, and prep and whatnot rather than, you know, a celebrity where it's generally they just want, the, you know, the most current you know, up-to-date runway something that you're wrangling for them rather because it's not generally with appearances and things like that, it's not like you're having to filter that through into what they're doing day-to-day, whereas, you know, your everyday woman, you know, exactly. Do they, um, when when you're dressing a celebrity or a brand ambassador, um, uh, generally are they more interested in just getting the latest, let's say, um, dress from a particular um, designer or are they open to you really curating um, a unique look that brings in different brands and different elements? I think for the most part clients that enjoy fashion like the mix. Mm. So someone has obviously, you know, their, their own taste level or brands, I'll often approach people with to, to, if it's someone that I haven't met before, which is a lot of the time the case, unless it's a client that you, you know, have perhaps on retainer or have worked with a number of times, you know, their body shape, you know, the designers that work for them and their personal preferences. A lot of the time with dressing, it can be someone that you've never met and you're going in blind you can kind of, you can get, so I'll literally jump on their Instagram and try and get a look and a feel. In those cases, I would pull kind of full looks and then if the opportunity arose, we can kind of mix it back from there. Mm-hmm. Whereas some, I, I find too, I guess overall, most celebrities who do enjoy fashion and love it, are pretty much open to anything and they're my favourite type of clients because it just becomes... There's a, just a really fun sense of play and art there. Free. Exactly. So, and, and it's not until you get things on the body a lot of the time too that I'll see it. I'll have perhaps a general edit in mind, but when you see someone in it, that kind of transforms it completely. And there can be like a dress with no hanger appeal, but then when you get it on the body and it looks incredible, you know, mm. those are the type of moments that are really fun when you're dressing someone. Whereas if it's someone that perhaps has quite a, a tight grip on how, how they want to look. Mm. It can get, it can, it can just feel a bit restrictive perhaps on my end where there's things that I'm, I might find along the way that generally I'll pull and I'll have it there just in case. Um, but I think overall, yeah, it's often sometimes it's the celebrities that, that aren't involved in fashion generally or 
or it's not it's not necessarily perhaps part of their the their role exactly so that it's funny because they can tend to be the ones that are are a, a bit less you know willing to try or willing to play but who's the yeah. most um who's the most open and um and i guess uh creatively brave client you've ever dressed oh at least taylor's fabulous i love working with her mm-hmm. i've worked with her a couple of times and she's just i guess too because she's a model as well so she kind of gets it and she's just yeah and she she'll just say looks amazing. whatever you want <laughs> exactly it does it it certainly helps having that like incredible figure and face yeah um oh who else I guess too people that kind of come through the magazines as well Pia Miller is beautiful yeah um and she's always such a pleasure to deal with Robin Lawley too mm-hmm. was is again so open so again I guess that's the pattern there isn't it it's people that <laughs> it's beautiful kind people of have, are open it's and beautiful people <laughs> are open and flexible but I guess too it's people too perhaps that Again, like maybe have a foot in fashion somewhat, whether they're just kind of enjoying it on a personal level or they are involved in fashion in a, in a more business mm. sensibility. Mm. Um, whereas perhaps, yeah, sometimes it's more like you might have like a more serious journalist type that kind of she, she or he would have a very specific way of dressing or a way that they're used to seeing themselves, I think, whereas celebrities that are kind of somewhat rooted in fashion are used to to just trying a bunch of different things on so there's just a a bit more sense of open-mindedness there I find and where do you think the opportunities are for stylists um in the next sort of you know five to ten years because the, the artistry that you talk about I think is something that is currently not available um as readily as everything else. Everything else is at our fingertips. If we want the latest garment that's just come straight off the runway, we can order it. We can do that. But there's we what what the everyday person can't do is curate a wardrobe of looks that are I- incredible and and perfectly aligned to who we want to um, be or who we want to um, express. Um, so I'm just wondering what where you think the opportunities are for stylists alongside retail. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I guess too, I mean, it's unfortunate that the publishing industry is shrinking mm. somewhat. So I think people are really having to, I mean, even with me, you've kind of, you, there's so after, you know, many years of working for, for fashion magazines and different publications, I think now more than ever, it's just so important to be multi-skilled mm. and happy to kind of, uh, you know, have your fingers in a lot of pies, really. I guess for, for someone styling out, obviously digital is is a real driving force and I think, you know, it's only it's only going to keep moving in that direction. So From a content creation perspective? From a content creation perspective. And I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities presenting themselves in that space as as there is within brands as well. So kind of on more of like styling, creative consulting, working with brands on imagery, things like that, I find quite 
quite an interesting space to explore. Yeah. Because- yeah. Internally, you have a social media team, but generally they're focused on growth and actual and, and digital content strategy as opposed to mm. the visual execution. Absolutely. And I mean, and it's a role that seems to brands within themselves are kind of starting to create. Like, you know, like Basic basically has has an inside in-house stylist. Country Road has an in-house stylist that works on the campaigns as well. So it's, I think there's ways that you can make it more of a viable career. I think just looking at you know, I guess the the old school route of having to go through magazines to kind of then come out the other side and move into this space isn't isn't really where the industry is going anymore. And I think there's so many younger stylists doing amazing things with brands directly or even, you know, curating their own Instagram feed and doing shoots for themselves mm. rather than having to have everything attached to a title. You know, it's I think people are starting to establish themselves more as independent creators and I think that's to me that would be a smarter more a route that would have more longevity I think in the end well and what fabulous information you've shared with us today (laughs) (laughs) I hope so I hope I haven't just waffled on for hours no no, your experience across so many different areas is so interesting um and I, I love that last point about um the possibilities and the opportunities for stylists um, in more of those innovative ways. I guess, you know, the, the traditional VM role that you might have um, within, a, within a brand, um, which typically was someone still in head office printing sales signs. Exactly. Sending them to the stores to stick up on their walls. Now might entail um, more of a styling element where they are the ones that are actually styling not only the in-store VM um, but also the campaigns and social media. So they're, they're really, um, I think that role might also be kind of evolving into a styling role as opposed to an admin role. Absolutely. And I mean, I mean you look at the windows in David Jones mm. or Hermes and things like that and they're, you know, Hermes like collaborates with an artist each time and there's, I think, now more than ever, I mean, if it's something you're interested in, in that, in that space, people, people seem to be more willing for a stylist to be multi-skilled rather than just, you're just the fashion editor and that's it. And that's all you work on. And I do shows. It was, it used to be such a segmented industry, but now I think with digital, with Instagram, it's really just kind of blown that ethos out of the water. And now everyone is just trying everything and I think that's fantastic that can only be a good thing thanks everyone for listening today um thank you very much to Em for her time if you wanted to join the conversation we have a Facebook group called the styling advisory committee this is for stylists to chat with each other support each other share insights and advice and just generally start a discussion around the styling industry in both Australia and overseas so head to the styling advisory committee on Facebook join our community and let's keep the conversations going see ya